Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is September 30th, 2022, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. I'm just so excited today. All you listeners, I'm joined by two guests. You already heard, heard one laughing because the grain stocks report came out today, and we're going to... We're going to unpack that sucker. And uh, that's Nicole Thomas, Vice President of McKinney Favelle Information Sales and Services. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I wonder if the market shares your enthusiasm. <laughs> it depends on what side you're well, on. What side you're on. Exactly. <laughs> you, you got it. You got it. <laughs> yes. And I'm also joined by Eric Thornton, Commodity Specialist of McKinney Favelle. We're so blessed to have you, Eric. Hello, Mike. Hello, Nicole. Yes. Hey, yes. sir. Eric feels like me. Uh, uh, I know. We're enthusiastically gut punched. Yeah, gut punched. <laughs> that's a good way uh, to put man. it. <laughs> Again, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be talking to Nate now. Here's what a gut punch is, and here's how you defend against a gut punch. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's what we're going to do today. So everybody knows the grain stocks report came out. For all you IQ subscribers, this is very important because we're going to talk about high level what happened in the report. And then, you know what, you can log on to the IQ platform and you can get the extended premium version to say, what should you do with yeah. all this information that you're going to get? So IQ listeners, subscribers, stay on for the end of the podcast to figure it out. If you're not a subscriber yet, reach out to us. We'll put you on a test drive. So should we get right into it? Because we have a lot to talk yeah, about. We We're going to we cover do. corn, soybeans. And uh, wheat uh, report came out at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and they had some website issues or something, or maybe they just didn't <laughs> like the report that they put out. But what did they do? Who wants to start? Where, where, where do we want to begin with the fun? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you think, Eric? Hmm. You, want, you want a corn and soy? Yeah. Or if you it? want to take that one uh, first, I'd say uh, yeah. go for it. And okay. Yeah. So, well, uh, it's corn. It's corn. It's corn. There isn't a, a whole lot of it. <laughs> that's 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 the big takeaway from today's report. There ain't um, enough. There there ain't enough. So you know, uh, everyone was a little optimistic apparently <laughs> when it came to the corn side of things, and you look at analyst expectations, us included, analyst expectations versus what the reality was. And you know, you always get nervous when you when you when you finally can get in and open a report and the first thing you see is a gray box at the top with a special note. A special note. Very rarely are those special notes like those, you know, lovely I love you mom notes you get from your kids. It's not it's not like that. <laughs> this note was to highlight some changes to production. Mm. For 2021. Mm. No, I didn't say 2022. 2021. I'm still harvesting my 2021 crop, Nicole. I know. Me too. Me too, Eric. You know, we're we're only, you know, 12 months, maybe 10 months. Let me be fair. We're 10 months past harvest of the 2021 crop. But apparently um, when it came to corn, uh, there was a bit of an overestimation on production 
to the tune of 41.4 million bushels, a little less acreage and a little less yield, apparently. And um, that's a lot of bushels. That's a lot of bushels. But that that kind of that wasn't the worst of it. So stocks as of September 1st for corn in the U.S., 1.38 billion. Now, those of us who watch the WASDE on a regular basis know that in the report that came out just a few weeks ago, uh, 2021 corn ending stocks uh, were listed at 1.525 billion. You see that difference? It's a little bit of a difference there. A little bit of a difference. A difference of, uh, was that 200-ish, 150? Uh, I'm bad at math when I'm depressed. So anyway, the moral of the story is that carry-in number we've been looking at is about to come down a lot, all right? So if we just, if we just took into consideration that, uh, that change, that would take our 22-23 ending stocks down to about a billion bushels. We're already tight, 1.219, right? But if all other things stayed the same, we just lost 200 million bushels in the, in the, on the balance sheet for the upcoming year, okay? Now, a few things to keep in mind. <laughs> so number one, from a consumption standpoint, a lot of discussion about you know recession, inflation, impact on consumption. And we're going to talk about some other numbers in the extended to help highlight this and, and expectations. But if you look at the balance sheet, there's we're already anticipating that demand is total demand. So domestic and exports is going to come down about, you know, a little less than 600 million bushels. Right. So we're probably not going to get, you know, there's not much room to play with that. OK. The other thing is, with the WASDE report, yield was at 172.5 bushels per acre. A lot of folks are of the opinion that that's closer to 170 million, if not lower. Okay, even with some of the weather that took place this week, there was a a, a freeze in the uh, northern portion of the Midwest, upper Midwest. You get a freeze, that's it. Wherever that crop's at. As far as yield is concerned, that's where it's at. And everybody knows we planted everything late. And I mean, it's like the last few years, winter, uh, summer seems to have been going longer. <laughs> we needed that this year, but we, we didn't get it or haven't gotten it. Or who knows, maybe it'll get warm again in October and feel like July since August felt like April and June felt like August. I don't know. But the moral of the story is, if you took that yield down, just the 170, so took another two and a half bushels per acre out of that number and left everything else the same, no adjustments to harvested acres, you just lost the, about another 150-ish million bushels. So that puts ending stocks potentially somewhere around 850 million bushels compared to, you know, now we know a little over 1.3 for, for 21-22. Yeah, stocks to use, you know, six, six and a half percent, something wow. like that. What's the six to six and a half percent stocks to use, uh, Michael? Is that bullish or bearish? That's a really bullish. That's a very bullish. It's like running uh, with the bulls that in is Spain. Mm, scarier. <laughs> if, if you're a buyer of corn, it's scarier. So 
Hence why, even though we weren't able to immediately open that report, we need only look at the quote board post the release of that report and saw corn futures up double digits to know that there was something going on with corn. But, you know, just to kind of round out the discussion on corn, this is this is why it's it could get very interesting here. South America. Right. We got another year of La Nina. Sounds like another another winter of La Nina. It's already pretty dry in some portions of uh, some portions of Brazil, some portions of, of Argentina. We've already seen, you know, some of these early indications that farmers, uh, producers there are leaning a little heavier towards beans this time around, anticipating the impact of, of La Nina, as well as notably higher fertilizer costs. Uh, from a normal year anyway. They're down off their peaks a few months ago, uh, but still historically high. And we already have a global balance sheet that reflects a great deal of of decline in consumption. If things don't pan out as well as as is projected for South American production, which I, I might argue if if I'm just going to bet on one side or the other, I'm probably going to bet on on those numbers coming down a little bit. Then we're we're in for, you know, it's probably going to be another bullish year for corn. That's the moral of the story. Uh, and this this report just, you know, kind of got us in motion in the form of some confirmation there. Because the other thing that, it, uh, and we'll like I said, we'll talk more about this in the extended version though is. In order for those stocks, to, you heard the number I said for uh, the corn production miss, all right? For those stocks to get that low means it wasn't just the production that did it. So we'll we'll talk more about that in a moment. So let me segue to beans. Want to hear beans? Beans? Beans wasn't. Beans. Yeah. Beans, Let's beans do it. weren't weren't nearly as bad. So for soybeans, though, we found out that soybean production in 2021 was actually higher by 30 million bushels, putting that at at uh, 30.2 million bushels to be precise. Uh, added to uh, the soybean production number and probably a little loss of demand uh, relative to what the balance sheet is showing anyway for 21-22 because our our stocks as of SEP1 for soybeans was 274 million bushels. Now that one came in quite a bit above, you know, sort of the market's expectations, trade analyst expectations uh, that put that a little closer to, you know, 245, 247, something along those lines. We, we were in that camp too. We didn't account for that. <laughs> we didn't account for an additional 20 million bushels of production. So in that sense, carry in looks a little better for the 22-23 uh, uh, marketing year. Still keeps us reasonably tight in that that would, you know, add 35 million bushels. So call it 235 million for ending stocks as the projection. If, if all other things remain the same, uh, that's what we'd be looking for uh, in 22-23 uh, and give us, you know, still pretty, pretty bare or excuse me, pretty bullish stocks to use ratio, uh, but a slight improvement from what, what had been anticipated. So on the bean side of things, it wasn't quite as scary, but the problem for beans, and this is going to be my perfect segue. This is how I'm going to pass the ball oh, to uh, here we go. Be a perfect transition to Eric here. Josh Allen the, for the, the throw. The problem for <laughs> beans is despite what would be seen as, you know, a good, a good report uh, with a, with a positive surprise, 
all those things I just mentioned about corn and what Eric's about to mention about wheat mm. is why you shouldn't be too optimistic about soybeans and soy complex either. So, mm. All right, Eric. There you go, Eric. Well, yeah, that's a great handover because, um, boy, yeah, wheat, uh, a myriad of surprises here. And I just got to start with the wheat production summary that we get in the small grains report that's released also on this day, which includes wheat. So NAS and USDA will basically give their quote-unquote final 2022 production estimate. And man, did the trade really miss out on the numbers here. So pre-report trade estimates were forecasting somewhere around 1.78 billion bushels in production, virtually the same as it's reported now, as we saw um, in the September and even August WASDI reports when USDA last made changes to those numbers. But the actual production for all wheat came in at uh, 1.65 billion bushels. So 133 million bushels lower than the previous estimate we saw in the August WASDI report. And the lowest trade analyst uh, estimate was 1.75 billion bushels. So that was, <laughs> it was even 100 million bushels lower than the uh, lowest estimate from the trade. So needless to say, it's got to be probably one of the worst misses from the from an analyst perspective in the total uh, grand scheme of things that I've, I've seen, at least for wheat. But that uh, now puts us basically on par with last year's crop, which was also dismal, uh, just below 1.65 billion bushels. And unfortunately, as Nicole said, there was some uh, glitches within the USDA uh, reporting. I still haven't even seen the, the full report for the small grain summary yet. But what I do know is that uh, it looks like acreage came out pretty substantially for hard red winter wheat. Uh, we saw that production number get slashed quite a bit by 40 million bushels. Um, really, most classes reported uh, decreases. The soft red winter wheat crop as well was down uh, almost 50 million bushels in production. And even spring wheat, which everybody was forecasting, um, you know, obviously a 45 to 50% increase in production year over year. You know, the crop still fared much better than a year ago, but, um, you know, spring wheat actually came down another 25 30 million bushels from that uh, August update from the WASDI uh, report. So fell short across the board and in many ways. And the good thing is the stock's position was more in line with trade estimations. And, you know, we probably will just see that production number filter its way through the balance sheet in the October WASDI update, there'll, there'll likely be some refining to demands based on the much lower figures for production. So, you know, right now, looking at the 22-23 ending stocks figure of 610 million bushels, that's definitely going to fall and fall substantially as these numbers work their way through the next update for October. And we're probably going to be flirting with low 500 million bushel level and, you know, arguably you know, may struggle to stay at 500 million bushels just because I think the current demand figures are already pretty lean and arguably could go or maintain um, 
where they're currently at, similar to kind of what Nicole was saying on corn and soybeans. The demand is, is there, and at least the uh, current estimates seem fair and reasonable. But, um, you know, we're going to be trending to the lowest stocks we've seen in, in 20 years um, with ending stocks at that point. So wheat was already bullish and fundamentally supported bullish, and things just got even even worse, unfortunately. So I think we're going to talk a little bit more, uh, Mike and our extended, about yes. price uh, forecasts and what our initial reaction is to where we go from here. You know, you two, we started this podcast excited. <laughs> you, you started hey, I, this I, podcast yeah, I started, excited. But I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, you know, I hope these numbers are... <laughs> Oops, they check these numbers. And some, somebody really give it a year, Michael. Give it a year. Maybe we'll get something yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I need a strategy now. I need to talk to you guys because I need a strategy because things have changed in what I thought yesterday to today. So, you know what? I'm going to stay on for this extended version of the podcast. And if you're not a subscriber out there and you're saying, what about me? Why can't you can you can be a part of it and you can just reach out to us and uh, we'll uh, set you up on a trial subscription to our IQ platform. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. We're going to have to <laughs> be perfect. grateful. That's right perfect now. today. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> what am I grateful for? Uh, my family, my friends, my coworkers. For weekends, uh, weekends. For after report days. I love it. I love it. Hey, everybody, have a good weekend out there. Do something fun. Don't think about the stocks report until Monday morning because you're going to call us, right? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Take care. So long. Bye. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.